0: Well, if you have your Bible with you, you can turn again to Matthew chapter 5, first book in the New Testament. And tonight we're going to be in verse 5. When I read it, I'll be reading the whole first five verses, but we'll be in verse 5. And if you don't have your Bible, I've written verse 5 on the board for us. We're continuing our look at the first 12 verses of Matthew 5. They're called the Beatitudes. They're these statements that are blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And if you've been with us, you'll remember that these beatitudes are often the reverse of what we expect. They're not the way that we think the world works. And we keep seeing that reverse. And that's going to continue on tonight. So far, we've seen blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We've also seen blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So with that in mind, let's all stand as we read God's word. I'll read it for us. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. This is what God's word says. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is God's living and active word. Let's pray. Father, would you help us to understand this word that you have given us? Would you also help us to see hope in the great inheritance that is ours in Jesus Christ? It's in his name we pray. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. As some of you might know, and if you don't know this now, you'll learn it as time goes on, but phrases and words often change their meaning over time. They mean one thing, and then they come to mean something slightly different or something different entirely. So an example is, when you're on the phone with somebody and you want to finish, what do you do with the phone? You hang up, right? But how many of you, show of hands, have ever actually physically hung up a phone before? Okay? It's about half or or so of the room, right? Now we still use this phrase, but many of you have never hung up a phone, right? So it it means something different than what we normally mean. We we use it now to mean, well, we're ending the call, and that's just what we say, because we actually used to hang up a phone, right? But that's a phrase that's changed over time. Well, just like this, we have a word in our verse tonight that has changed its meaning over time. It means something different now than when Jesus originally said it. And so in order to understand that, we need to dig into what it means. And that's the word meek. Because when we hear the word meek, we think of weak, W-E-A-K, right? That's what it seems like it's become, and that's what meek seems to mean nowadays. It's also hard to, to differentiate between the two because they sound so similar, right? You say meek, and you think weak, right? And if we think that way, it's easy for us to tune out already because we say, wait a second, blessed are the people that are weak, That doesn't make sense, right? Because what we see and what we think all the time is blessed are the strong. Blessed are the ones who know what they want and know how to get it and go get it for themselves, right? People think you get nowhere if you let people walk all over you. I'm reminded of a quote. It says this, we must howl with the wolves because the wolves will immediately devour everyone who makes himself a sheep. Okay, that could have been a recent quote. That was actually about 500 years ago that somebody said that. But we still feel that same kind of pressure, right? To go out and make a lot of ourselves. And 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 we think in this way, and it makes it hard to hear what Jesus is saying. But I'm going to tell us this. First, meek doesn't mean weak. And yet, as we'll see, it's still a challenge to how we typically think the way the world works, that the blessed are the strong who can go out and get what they want. Because Jesus says this, Matthew 5, verse 5, blessed are the meek, For they shall inherit the earth. So, just like all of our Beatitudes, there's two parts. There's the who is blessed, and there's the why are they blessed. So, first, who is blessed? And it's the meek, right? That's how it starts. Blessed are the meek. And like I've said, meek doesn't mean weak, though it's come to seemingly mean that today. But what it actually means is this it doesn't mean being a pushover, it doesn't mean that you never use your strength, it doesn't mean you put your head down and go about life and you're shy. Actually, it means being considerate of others. Some other words that are sometimes translated with this word for meek are humble and gentle. It's people who act, not people who never act, but when they act, they act to advocate for others, not for their own selfish desires. Does that make sense? It's using the gifts and abilities that you have, not for yourself, to carve out something for yourself, but for others. There's a phrase, a word we sometimes use, it's called, it means, sorry, the word is assertive, right? And we say, like, if you're assertive, you make things happen, right? And the meek, it's not that they're never assertive, that they never make things happen, but rather, when they make things happen, they do so for others, and ultimately to bring glory to God, rather than trying to make things happen to make themselves look good. The meek are assertive, but they're not self-assertive. They speak up and they act and they use their gifts for God and others. I'm going to give you an example of what this means and what this looks like actually in the Bible. So in the Old Testament, there's a man named Moses. A lot of you probably know a lot about Moses. Uh, so Moses in Numbers chapter 12 is confronted by Aaron and Miriam, two people he knows really well that, are, that have been with him the whole time. And they say, well, why hasn't God spoken to us? Why shouldn't we lead, with, lead, the, you know, lead Israel as well as you? Right? And they start to go against what God said. Now... At this point, Moses has led the people out of Egypt. He's shown that his staff can become a snake. The people have seen the 10 plagues. He's led them through the wilderness. They've seen his face literally glowing after he's come down from talking with God. And these two people come to him and say, hey, we think we should be just as in charge as you. Now, if you and I are Moses at that point, we're taking our staff and we're busting some skulls, right? Like you're saying, wait, wait, wait! you're coming at me, right? And I've done all of these things and you're going to go and defend yourself, right? You're going to assert your power and authority to make things right. But what it actually says in Numbers 12 is it says, Moses is humble. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's the same word that we have here, meek. And you know what he does? He lets God handle it. And God, actually in that episode, shows Moses to be the one who's truly the one he's spoken through. Now, that doesn't mean Moses never asserts his power and control. Actually, four chapters later, in Numbers 16, Aaron, the very one who went against Moses, people are now doubting that he's the high priest. And another group led by a man named Korah are saying, well, we should be high priests too. And actually, Moses steps in at that point and defends Aaron. The guy, same guy who was, who was doubting him previously, Moses now uses his power and uses his strength to defend him. You see that difference? Moses has all sorts of power and all sorts of influence, but he doesn't use it to defend himself. He uses it to defend other people. Uh, This word meekness is also present in in a psalm, Psalm 37. And actually, Psalm 3711 in the Old Testament is a reflection of what Jesus is saying here. In fact, Jesus surely had it in mind when he said this. This is what Psalm 3711 says. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundance. And that's that's verse eleven. Earlier on in the in the psalm, it describes what meekness looks like, and it says this commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. So it's not you trying to bring forth your own righteousness and justice, it's actually waiting for God. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So this kind of meekness is what Jesus has in mind. It's not weakness, but rather it's using strength, using gifts and abilities to advocate for others and to bring glory ultimately to God. So what does it look like for us to be meek today? Well, first of all, think about how we talk to other people. Think about even the conversations that we have. How quickly are we trying to take the conversation and move it back to talk about ourselves? How quickly are we trying to put a story in that makes us look good, right? Uh, How do we say the things we say? Why why do we like the things we like if not to have people like us in return? In so many ways, we're constantly seeking ourselves and asserting ourselves rather than asserting others. Think about the text we send. Think about the photos we post. We're trying to make ourselves look good. We're all trying to do that. And meekness is the opposite. We all have gifts that God has given us. For some of you, it's musical. For some of you, it's athletic. Some of you, it's academic. Some of you uh, have a lot of tech savvy. And yet we also often use these things to make ourselves look good, to carve out a little space for ourselves. to carve out a little bit of earth that we can have as our own. But instead, what would meekness look like for us? What would it look like if we used all of these things God has given us to glorify him ultimately and to make others look good? So imagine if you're in a conversation with somebody and you care more about what they're saying and who they are than what you're going to say in return. Than how you're going to steer the conversation back to you. Then we would truly listen to one another. And that would be an amazing gift to give to somebody to listen like that. What if we cared more about our sibling looking good than our looking good? What if we use the gifts and abilities that God has given us and he's surely given you all gifts What if we use these not for ourselves, but rather to ultimately bring glory to God and to build up other people? Think about the game we just played with the knot, right? If you're just trying to get yourself out of the knot, you're going to be pulling on everybody's arms and everybody's going to be miserable, right? And you might be standing here and the whole rest of the the, the people are knotted together. It doesn't make sense. The way you work that out is actually by listening to others, by seeing what they need, by communicating that and then moving together, right? That's this idea, but it's so hard for us. It is so difficult because naturally we're selfish. Uh, naturally, we're like most, or like we're Aaron, we're like Miriam. We want control. We're like Korah, who said to leave, Who said to Aaron, "I want to be the high priest." Right? We want those positions of power. We want to steer things to ourselves. We want to go take things for ourselves. But Jesus says, "Blessed are the meek." Now, why? Well, why does He say, "Blessed are the meek"? Who is blessed, the meek? But why? It says, for they shall inherit the earth. That's what it says. Now, what does inherit mean? Inherit literally means to receive money or property or something like that after someone dies. And with inheritance, the idea is this you haven't earned it, it's just given to you. It's the opposite of what we think oftentimes, right? We think that we need to earn everything we have. It was the same in the first century. If you ask people in the first century, who gets the earth, who gets the land? They would say, whoever has the biggest armies, right? Whoever has the most money and can buy it. Whoever can earn it. We think, blessed are the strong, for they can earn the land. But rather, Jesus says, blessed are the meek, because they will inherit the earth. Uh, I saw a quote on the internet the other day. It says, things may come to those who wait, but only left by those who hustle, right? Now, it was quoted as Abraham Lincoln, which is clearly wrong and clearly false. So you can't believe everything you read on the internet. But also that gives you the idea of this mindset that we have. Like we have to go get and take everything for ourselves because if we don't, we will get nothing. Right? But that's not what Jesus says. He says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit, they shall be given the earth. And with inheritance, whatever you're given goes to you. You don't have to earn it, it's just handed to you. Take the case of Gunther III, who in 1992 inherited $80 million. Gunther Third is a dog. His his master gave him $80 million, okay, and people to keep the wealth going. And so Gunther is no longer alive, but his subsequent generations are. And that $80 million, last I checked, has turned into $690 million, okay? Now, that's a dog that was given that money. That's the way inheritance works. You're just given it. It's just handed to you. That dog did nothing to earn it, right? But it was handed to them. That's the idea. When Jesus says the meek shall inherit the earth, blessed are the meek, it's not because they're meek enough that they earn it by being meek, actually. They're still given it. It's still inherited to them. Now, well, how, are they, how do they inherit, right? I just said inheritance happens when somebody dies. We receive money or property after somebody dies. And, and why also is it connected to being meek? How does that work? Well, I already told you about somebody who was meek in the Old Testament, Moses. But there's somebody in the New Testament who actually refers to themselves as meek. And that's the very one speaking these words. That's Jesus. And he says this in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. He says, he uses the word gentle, but it's the same word here for meek. He says this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am meek. In the Old Testament, Zechariah 9, nine says the king is going to come humble and riding on a donkey. You guessed it. In, in the Greek, it's the same word here for meek. And then in the New Testament, Jesus comes, in fulfillment of that, into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And, and why does he ride into Jerusalem? Because of what he's about to do. But we have to say this. Jesus is meek. But Jesus is definitely not weak. Jesus is God himself in the flesh. He's not weak. And think about his human nature. He, he was born and became a carpenter that word also can mean stonemason he worked with his hands he had calluses he not only built tables but in different passages you'll see that he tossed tables over he made whips of cords and drove people out of the temple not for himself or his own glory but for the sake of others and the sake of bringing glory to god and in the ultimate display of what it means to be meek the ultimate display of what it means to use your power for others he went to his own death he went to the cross when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey he wrote in knowing that he was going to die and knowing that he was going to give his life to save us. You see, Jesus endured the cross to take the punishment for our sin, the punishment for our selfishness, the, the punishment for when we're like Miriam and Aaron and Korah in the Old Testament and think, I need to take whatever I can for myself. And in doing so, we disobey God. We walk away from him. Jesus bore the punishment that we deserve for doing that. And he bore that on the cross. He took on the death that we deserve. He took on the separation from the Father. And yet the good news is he rose again from the dead. And that's why he can say, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Not that they've earned it, but they're given, to, they're given the earth just because they believe in the one who's given it and earned it all for them, and that's Jesus. So if you believe in him, if you have faith in his name, you have new life and you have this inheritance. You're going to inherit the earth, but not the earth as it is. The new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells, and, and think about what he says again in, in that passage in Matthew. Think about all the pressure we feel to assert ourselves, to make ourselves look good, to use our gifts and abilities for our own our own sake. He says, "Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." When you look to somebody like Christ, when you look to him to see all he's done for you, you don't have to go and earn anything for yourself. You already know that you're loved. You already know you're cared for in the most ultimate way possible by what he's done for you. In closing, I want to give you another example of an inheritance, a wild inheritance story. So in 2001, a man named Carlos de Naranja Cabral de Camara died in Portugal in 2001. And as soon as he died, 70 random people inherited his money. And they got these phone calls and they thought they were scams. They were like, what do you mean? Like, you want me to give me your bank, my, my bank account information? You're just going to take my money? Turns out, 13 years earlier, in 1988, he had gone through a phone book, okay? Now, phone book, back when you used to hang up the phone, a phone book had a list of everybody's number in it, okay? Everybody's number. And so, in 1988, he went with his lawyer and picked 70 random numbers in the phone book. And he said, these are the people that I want to inherit my money. So, he died in 2001, and his money went to them. And it actually happened. Now, in the same way, God has chosen us to be the inheritance, to have the inheritance of the earth because of what Christ has done. Not because you've done anything. You're just like those people who get this phone call and say, hey, this is yours, right? Because we've done nothing to deserve it. But there's a way in which it's different than that story. Because in that story, this man just picked 70 random people. It could have been anyone. But you know what God's word says about those who believe? It says that you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. This was God's plan for you to come to know him, for Christ to come and give his life for you. And we have this gift in him, not something that we have to earn, not something that we can earn, but one that he has earned by his death on our behalf and one that we will have in fullness when he comes again. And that's why Jesus can say, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And our motivation for that is not because we're trying to earn something. That's completely the opposite of meekness. But rather because we see all that has been done for us by Christ. His life, his death, his resurrection for us. And that in him, simply by faith, we will inherit the earth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this gift, this inheritance. Would you continue to drive deeply into our hearts just what amazing thing it is that you've done in sending your son Jesus for us? Lord, help us to continue to see the depths, not only of our need, but more and more the depths of the love that you have for us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, would you help us to find ways tonight, this week, this month, this year, to be meek. To use the gifts and abilities you've given us, not to build ourselves up, but rather to glorify you and to build up those around us. Thank you for the gift of the new heavens, the new earth that is coming, where righteousness dwells. Lord, give us that hope, even as it's hard to wait. Thank you for all these things, I pray. Continue to bless our worship and bless our time in small groups. In Jesus' name, amen.